Welcome to The Builder Seed, a Roblin Contracting Incorporated podcast, shining a light on the people of Roblin, our partners, our exceptional projects, our culture, and core values we uphold every day. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Builder Seed Podcast. We are very happy to have you here. It's another awesome week at Roblin. You know, Kevin, I know you've been with Roblin long enough that you've got a lot about Roblin culture in your veins. Something that would be great to talk about is your idea of being a Roblin ambassador. And I think that this podcast is one of our ways of even sharing our culture across the company internally, externally. So tell me more about the uh, ambassadorship. Yeah, definitely. It's in our core values. Happens to be one of my favorite of our core values. And I feel if we're all acting like and conducting our business like an ambassador, the rest of the core values, they really just kind of fall into place naturally as as a side effect. I often remind my peers in the pre-construction department that we're professionals in our craft, oozing professionalism in every trade partner, every client, every design professional, every supplier interaction that we have. It just fertilizes and reflects this ambassador mentality. Even tradesmen in the field are ambassadors, right? The feats that we accomplish, the level of quality that we achieve out there. That's the signature on our painting, the fine art. All segments of the company can really adopt this word and benefit from it. Our reputation just will grow as an upper echelon builder as this ambassador program, this mentality of ours catches fire. And we all know clients are sensitive to these concerns also. They want this sentiment of quality about the contractors they do business with as well. So yeah, I'm really proud that executive leadership dreamt that up and incorporated it into our core values. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, it is you know the fifth but foundational core value on our list of core values, yep. that's for sure. Yep. And you know, I really like how you described um, the signature on the fine art of the work that we do and using the word craftsmanship. I think a lot of general contractors and, and contractors in this industry, they definitely dream of the idea of craftsmanship. And there was an era where a builder was a craftsman and things have changed since. And I wouldn't say that quality has dropped, you know, markedly, you know, across the way. I think everybody's proud of the work that they put in place, but there's definitely something to be said about wearing that Roblin blue, being able to really be, yeah, an ambassador of the way work is put in place in every facet. There's no shortage of pressure out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything, all of our jobs are unique. Yeah. They're, they're pieces of art, you know? Sure. Yeah. No two projects are alike at the end of the day. Everything is unique enough. We make it a point to deliver like that. Right. I know our field craftsmen are extremely proud and honored for the work they do, the type of projects we get to turn over. Our facilities really really do make an impact out there. Yeah, absolutely. I know that part of that ambassadorship mentality that we have is something that we like to infuse from the get-go when um, somebody joins Roblin, as well as if somebody's been here for a long time. We try to keep that aligned. So how do you see alignment in an ambassador program? All right. So in very recent history, I did push out a communication to my department to encourage that we all print out our core values and our flywheel. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to see it in people's offices Mm -hmm. when I walk around. And I like seeing it there. The point of my prompt was to bring it to the surface more Yeah. to make sure that we get that occasional reminder Oh yeah, that's how we operate. Here's my code. Sure. My code of conduct. Here's my principles. 
That's right. Well, and consistency is, you know, a function of repetition. Right. And so we have to do that. Yeah. And you're right. You know, occasionally we're onboarding, you know, new employees. So for their benefit, mm -hmm. they've got to catch up to us that have been here for several years. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the point of bringing it back to the surface. Yeah. No, I really like that. And I, you know, I think it's fairly common knowledge, right? 21 days to build a habit, right? And so if you were to stop and read those core values once a day for 21 days, it's very likely that at the very least you've remembered them. Yeah. It's top of mind, you know, from there, you know, it becomes a habit, I guess, if it wasn't already, but you know, even knowing them right off the top of your head. Second nature. Right. I think a, uh, analogy to that would be, well, how many of you know when your driver's license expires? You probably don't pull out your driver's license and look at the date on there, right? So, But if it was in front of you on the refrigerator every morning, printed to the side of your coffee cup, you'd remember it. And so... Uh, I know the number. Well, there you go. Yeah, you have to see it in front of you. And uh, that's a very good point. You have to see it in front of you to make it top of mind, to have that consistency across the board. Amen. Yep. Love it. So ambassadorship, of course, is outreaching. Right. And we like to make sure that we are ambassadors to our clients and to our partners. And I know the management of a trade partner relationship with Roblin is of utmost importance to you because we are who we are because we have partners in performance. We have partners. We need partners in in every element of our projects. Mm -hmm. This one's near and dear to my heart. Maintaining relationships with our trade partners, with our clients, of course, suppliers. I'm proud to say I'm approaching almost 20 years in the industry, mm. the first half of which I spent in project management. In this run, I've seen a lot of companies melt away. I've seen a lot of individuals bounce around, mm -hmm. you know, land somewhere else. Oftentimes, you know, we keep, keep doing business together. My point is the industry is a small circle. Sure is. If you're putting yourself out there, as an influencer in the industry, you start to see the perennial players that really influence the market. I put a lot of effort into making sure I've got friends, you know, they're more than just contacts, making sure that I have friends mm -hmm. through all trades of work in the pre-construction department. Mm -hmm. uh, when we attack any new pursuit, we're basically recruiting. Mm -hmm. We're looking for those trade partners that are motivated, that they're the most able, that they want to bid a project with mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to turn over a lot of stones. It's great for everyone to have a network to rely on because at the end of the day, we want to procure a bid from a trade partner, from someone who wants to be engaged. Mm -hmm. We're not just begging them for a piece of paper on bid day. We want to find those parties that are motivated. Yeah. I really do pride myself on being responsive. I can't stand it when uh, I see messages go unanswered. The subcontracting community, they really appreciate feedback, bid results. Win, lose, or draw, they just need to know. Silence isn't acceptable on our, on our part. So I pride myself in being responsive. You know, I love to tell people, we got the work, we listed you. It's not always that message. We weren't able to use you, but it gives me a chance to upsell Mm -hmm. our next pursuits, you know, sure. and kind of turn it into a marketing situation. And we, we like that future partnership. I mean, you don't want to work with the same partner every single time just by default. It is nice to learn from others and bring others on board too, yeah? Of course not. Our pursuits, they're, they're almost all competitively bid. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we got to put our best foot forward for our clients and put a fair market price down for them. And it's, it's not the same group of trade partners every time. Um, when we work in a geographic footprint like we do, mm-hmm. uh, Garth Brooks said it, we need, I got friends in low, low places, you know, we, <laughs> we need friends everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. What, what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, when we're, when we're hitting the phones in the pre-construction department, we're, we're doing our marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. It's really easy when it just feels like you're calling your friends. Sure. Yeah. The people, you know, that are the, the aces, the nails that you can rely on those contacts. Like I said, that perennially influence their craft. Mm-hmm. Gosh, today's pressures go faster, do more. Right. It's very easy to bust out a bunch of texts and emails. Might trick you into feeling like you got a lot done. But sometimes at the end of the day, even I ask myself, I did a lot. I reached out a lot, made some noise out there. But did I have any of those good conversations? Did I talk to someone critical to the schedule of the project about that that tricky part of it? Mm -hmm. You know, did I mix in some of those phone calls where through that means, through that method, I can really gain a better sense of their engagement on the pursuit. There's no substitute for that yet, to really hear that sentiment from the human. Yeah. You know, I sure feel better at the end of my day when I know I've held some of those conversations. That's really good. You know, I I was just going to say, there's no AI for that. We're not going to be sending out AI to have those touch-based phone calls. That's for sure. That's not a relationship that gets managed any other way than peer-to-peer in this industry, you know, kind of what you said, actually, I'm looking at the core values on the wall right there behind you as we're talking, have a passion for the work. We want engaged partners, like you said, somebody who has passion for the work. We want to bring somebody on board for our clients and for ourselves who wants to do that project, not just put a number on paper, right? So, you know, I can see the importance of that relationship building up to finally even bidding a project because we're going to approach the right partner for the right project for them too. We're probably not going to be reaching out to just everybody because we know that we are going to reach out to the ones who we know would be engaged for a type, a certain type of project, you know. Tis a risky business. Yeah. We're better off surrounding ourselves with other great people. Great partners. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's another one, right? Be an ideal team player. And so we want ideal team players. We want to be ideal players for our client, for our partners across the board. A lot of core values that go into partnering. And uh, it's important that we bring on somebody who shares those core values with us. Work just feels more fun when you take some extra time to generate those relationships Mm -hmm. with the people that we conduct business with. Yeah. Not just transactional. No. Yeah. That's a very good point. Well, on that note of passion, um, I know that you're also very passionate about self-perform work and our self-perform work group. And I think that's, um, that's one of those ones for the industry to hear as they will, you know, listening to this podcast. And for our own folks here at Roblin who may or may not have had a, as much a chance to engage with the self-performed team, although a lot of projects do. Tell me more a little bit about your passion for self-performed work. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. Thanks for bringing it up. Glad we had a list. <laughs> All right. Well, the fact that we actually self-perform work brings me a great sense of pride. Our ability and affinity towards self-performing work on our projects is a big differentiator Roblin has in contrast to uh, many of general contractors in our market. Our tradesmen and women, you know, they're out there really making a reputation that Roblin provides high quality work put in place. And hey, if you're out there 
if you're watching or listening to this, I work for you. That's mm -hmm. the way I really feel. You know, to be perfectly honest, it doesn't always feel like work to me. I really do love looking at plans, doing takeoffs, quantifying concrete and rough carpentry. That's really fun to me. It gives me an excuse to engage our general superintendents to reach out to our field ops team that are going to be put on a project if we're lucky enough to win the work before bid day. And I, I really crave that interaction, that interdepartmental interaction. So yeah, in addition to being rewarding for me from that front, mm -hmm. the end result, I really do love racking up after we get a win on an estimate, really racking up and looking at how many labor hours, mm -hmm. how many man days we just booked. That's a metric that tells everyone how many jobs we just helped create and secure out there in the field. Absolutely. That, that means the most to me right there. Yeah. It's building and driving work, but if you didn't plan ahead, you wouldn't be able to engage that many partners. Yeah, that's very important. I know you have to love plans and specs in the field that you're in, in the position that you're in. I was kind of thinking, as you mentioned that, that you love to, to open those plans every day. I assume you walk away with something new every day. There's not a day that goes by where it's like, oh, I didn't really learn anything today. Uh, that's pretty true. Yeah? Yeah. There's always something new that's going to engage your mind. Definitely. Yeah. Every one of our projects is unique, so there's always some new constraint, some new hurdle, maybe a new scope of work to us that forces us to think a little bit out of the box, mm -hmm. get a little creative, maybe some things that let us go shopping for some fun new toys. Sure, yeah. New tools, new, new methods. Definitely gives us that chance. Opportunities for the uh, field crews to get new exposure so that we can continue attacking new and exciting or bigger types of work. Yeah. And a new tool on that tool belt is just more skills that we can hone in and then share. Continue improvement. Continuous improvement. That's right. Yeah. That's definitely a goal of this year too. <laughs> Continuous. Absolutely. So one of the thoughts I wanted to continue on, Kevin, that you mentioned is um, engaging the superintendents and the field teams, especially if you have an idea who that team might be um, when they're going to come to the table and, and do that work. I also want to echo, we work for you to our field teams. We work for yeah. the teams that work in the field on the projects because that's literally the point of operations support, essentially. There's ops that's actually making that work happen and ops support, that's the pit crew, field crew, support team, helicopter drop, whatever it is. It's a big circle. That's why we're here. I like that you mentioned that because I think that's really important for our teams to hear and for the industry really to hear that that's why we have to reach out to our superintendents. That's why we need feedback from our field teams that are out there. If they come back to us, unsolicited is even better. If they turn around, you know, pick up the phone, give you a call like, Kevin, I heard you were on this project putting it together and uh, this isn't going to come together the way that you thought it was going to come together. Well, Kevin just learned something big. In the future, we know that we're going to optimize what we did this time, it's going to be better next time because we got that feedback from the field team, from the superintendent, from the project. I have a lot of experience now, but the reality is I came from college. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have that field experience and expertise, yet here I am in the office quantifying this or that mm -hmm. and assigning dollars to it. The more we can collaborate mm -hmm. interdepartmentally, the more I end up learning for the next time I see whatever element I'm attacking at the given moment. And no surprises for the field team or the project team when it comes to it. If they're engaged up in advance, no surprises. And we like that. We like delivering certainty. We we like to tee them up as, as high as possible. Yeah. Right? That's right. 
we're here to to make a fair cut, mm -hmm. you know, and to build projects we're all proud of and go home at the end of the day to our families. That's right. Well, the last thing that we wanted to bring up, and I think you're one of the best people to to start this portion of the podcast that we might make a bit of a recurring segment is Market Pulse. And so we'd love to hear from you. What kind of Market Pulse can you share? Hey, everyone wants to hear, how are we doing? Mm -hmm. What's coming up next? I'm three months away from finishing my current assignment, you know? Mm -hmm. The great news is there's a ton of work out there right now. Mm -hmm. There is a lot. We in the pre-construction department are getting way more leads than we can stay on and actually process responsibly mm. this year mm -hmm. already. It's mm -hmm. been off to a fast, fast start. So the construction economy, at least in the markets uh, that we focus on, uh, seems to be humming along really well so far this year. And a lot of the projects we're working on are proposal-driven, mm -hmm. which have some extent of uh, negotiation in the proposal process which means we're not out there hard bidding work unless we elect to take on such an opportunity. Yeah. We've already bagged one hard bid project this week or this year, excuse me, a very substantial 40 almost 41 million dollar project for Sac County. Right on. That will be officially awarded next week. That's all part of the uh, Roblin spring bloom that's going to happen. Nice. Because we're also going to break ground on a new uh, Folsom Cordova Elementary School campus this spring. The Santa Ramon Fire District has another sizable job that'll break ground in a couple months. We just got a project with Apple, got a couple Great. projects with SMUD. Mm -hmm. Our perimeter security team has several sizable projects mm -hmm. that'll be starting up this spring. Another self-performed group? Yes. We're also probably in early summer, we'll have a pair of multi-purpose buildings for Dublin Unified nice. out to bid. Great. Uh, those jobs are already ours, by the way. So that's not even counting the work we're certainly going to pick up in the remaining three quarters that this year has to offer. Every week, we're turning in bids. We're turning in prequals and or proposals. So all these are signs that there's going to be a very steady trail of work to pursue on and get our fair share of this year. Yeah, absolutely. Very lucky to uh, be received by the industry and by the clients that choose us as uh, the preferred partner for the work that they'd like to see done. There you go. We like to be called a delivery partner. Yeah, absolutely. Not a commodity No, no. And, you know, that's the not the type of work we would even accept to do, right? We really want to do that impactful work, like you said, the, the work that is going to make a difference to a community, to an infrastructure that has that sort of legacy feeling to it. We're definitely leaving our mark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do every day. Well, Kevin, really awesome to be talking about all the things that we've gone over today. There's a final point that we like to do at the end of the episode called what's on your heart, kind of what's on your mind, but really what is that final, maybe in this sense, put families first thought process from our core values What's on your heart for this industry and something you'd like to share? Starting with my family, of course. Very proud to be a husband and father of three. Three in elementary school keeps mm -hmm. me and my wife very busy these days. Oh, yeah. Trucking from one extracurricular to the other. Yeah. We're starting up T-ball in a couple of weeks. There you go. I'm pretty excited about that. Really looking forward to playing catch with my boy when when we're able to, when he gets a little bit older, yeah, that's, that's going to awesome. be, that's going to be really fun. 
Awesome. And, uh, you know, professionally, we've got a lot of exciting pursuits. I'm very proud to contribute into the, the opportunities that, that I've been given. Yeah, just really can't wait to further develop the pre-construction department so we can continue to take the work we want so we can all succeed. That's right. Yeah. Ourselves and our partners. That's right. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate the time. It's been great. To uh, all our listeners and everybody that's taken the time to uh, listen to the Builder's Seat thus far, thank you so much. I think we've learned a lot from the feedback we've received and downloads and comments and things of that nature. It's awesome to hear how far reaching these talks have gotten, literally international. I can't believe it. We're looking forward to producing more for the year of 2023. Keep an ear out for the Builder's Seat. Thank you. Thanks. Today's episode is produced and edited by Roblin's digital media specialist, Aaron Zaragoza. Hosted by Director of Strategic Operations, Hitesh Dewan. Original music by Superintendent of Concrete, Rich Collenberg. With music production by J.K. Northrop. Thank you for listening to The Builder Seat.